Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hey, you guys, I just want to take a pause real quick to drop a line about my favorite supplements, and that's my chocolate trim. It's essentially a combo of the liquid collagen that I absolutely love, plus CLA, which is a fatty acid proven to help with overall weight loss. I personally have been taking this product for over a year. Even my husband takes it. And I've noticed major improvements in my digestion, my energy level, and just less overall fluctuations in my body composition when I'm changing things in my diet, right? So anyway, if you're interested in trying it, which if you're not already taking a collagen supplement, I totally recommend that you do. Just head over onto the show notes and I will drop a link in there to my referral code so that you can get $10 off. And then shoot me a message. Let me know if you buy it. Let me know if you try it. I would love to hear how you feel. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Making Fit Work. Thank you so much for your listening ears. I am super grateful to have Christine Flory, uh, my friend and colleague who is a national board certified health and wellness coach and trainer for over 15 years here with me today. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me, Nina. I'm so excited to be here and to be able to chat with you and have the opportunity to reach some different ears. Just super excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited about this topic because we are going to be talking and I feel like this is the perfect time to get this out to people is about ditching the diets, right? Yes how to ditch the diets. But most importantly, what we're going to be focusing on today's episode is ditching the diet mentality because that's really what it's about, right? Yes, for sure. I agree a hundred percent that. And I think, you know, the clients that I work with and that are attracted to the, the work that I do and the best work that I do are clients that have done all the diets, right? All the diets. Yep. That have, you know, ping pong back and forth between all of them, right? We, I think we can list them all off, right? So like Weight Watchers, right. Keto, Low Carb, so Paleo, you know, counting calories, I would consider a diet, right. macro counting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my clients have done, run the gamut of diets and have right. realized they don't work long-term, right? Sustainably. Right. And that's really what I focus on with my clients is creating sustainable change that they can do forever for their entire life, not just for six months or even a year, but really focusing on creating a solution that works for them long term and that's sustainable for them. Yeah. So before we dive into some solutions on this topic, because I really, I feel like we could talk about it forever. Yeah. Let's not forget. Let's talk about you for a second. How did you first get into the fitness industry? Um, Tell us kind of a little bit about your background. Yeah. So like you said in my intro, I've been, you know, in the health and wellness world for over 15 years. I think it's close to 18. So it's kind of crazy to even say that right. out loud because it doesn't feel like that long. But I've been an athlete, you know, all my life. And I think everyone's really an athlete. You know, you don't necessarily have to play a particular sport to be considered an athlete. I think everyone has their inner athlete 
in there somewhere. But I played sports all, you know, growing up, I played basketball and baseball and softball, um, did a little bit of track, but found out I was not very good at that in high school. And then when I went to college, um, I went to a small school up in Massachusetts, actually. I know you're in Mass. Yeah. Uh, Nina, I went to Springfield College in Western Mass. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Which is a very, you know, steeped allied health school. So I graduated there with a degree in exercise science and then um, quickly became certified through ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, as a personal trainer. And I've done sort of um, lots of different things with training. I've worked at commercial setting. I've worked in in-home setting doing training. I've worked at the college, like uh, faculty staff, working with faculty and staff of local colleges. And I had my own brick and mortar business before I went uh, virtual and online uh, running that personal training studio as well. So I've kind of done a lot of different things right in that area, which I love. And then 2018, I became a nationally board certified health and wellness coach which just really is what I'm super passionate about. Obviously, I'm passionate about exercise and wellness, but just really the the wellness coaching piece of things is really, I think, the missing piece for a lot of clients that come to me, um, really needing the support and knowing how to support someone in a way that is not judgmental, you know, and really just ask questions that help them understand where they want to go. Right to really start developing some clarity around what they want and what's important to them. Right. So yeah, that's kind of where I got to where I am today. Awesome. So let's dive in to, as we start to talk about kind of like ditching the diets and the mentality, let's first talk about what draws people to doing things like Weight Watchers, Paleo, like kind of finding a fad diet and wanting to do that? Like, what are some of the things you've heard from clients? I can share some of the things I know I've heard and even experienced myself. Yeah, I can definitely share my experience as well as well as some of the clients that I've worked with, kind of what draws them to diets. I think that we just live in a very steep diet culture, right? Mm -hmm. I think in order to, a lot of us feel that in order to have any sort of success in that area of our life that we need to be following something like our neighbor's Mm -hmm. doing it, our sister's doing it, our best friend is doing it. Right. They've had success with it for a short term. So then it's got to be something that I have to do in order to, to get that end result I want. So I think that's definitely a piece of it. And two, a lot of the time there's like, you know, do this, not that, right. There's a list to follow. I was just thinking it's the simplification of it, right? Yes, it's definitely oversimplified, I think, for sure. And I think people like that, right? I know from experience working with clients, people really want like, here's what a list of food to eat, or here's what you can or can't eat. And I think that that's what they need in order to be successful. What are your thoughts? I think it is the oversimplification of it. Mm -hmm. I think we all live in very busy worlds, right? Everybody is, you know, I don't think overworked, busy with kids, busy with work, um, professional goals, personal goals, that it just feels easier to them if someone just says, like you said, this or that, Mm -hmm. do this, don't do that, eat this exactly, make this recipe exactly, Mm -hmm. and you'll be successful. It's one less thing for them to think about. Yeah. But unfortunately, kind of like what you're saying, when it comes to sustainable stuff, right, we do need to kind of get away from this or that and think about that in terms of just us. Not this or that in general, but like this or that for 
us. And that does Mm -hmm. take a little bit of work. And it's hard for people to wrap their mind around that. Yeah. I think you nailed it on the head for sure. I think it does involve some more work. And I think it's the work that we avoid doing sometimes, right? Because it's not easy for many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been avoiding it for a reason, right? So I think that is an an extra layer of it, that there is probably some extra work in there that we need to do in order to get to a place where we can find that sustainable solution that works for us and not necessarily our neighbor or sister in our busy life, right? I think for sure, because yes, your clients, my clients, we're busy, Mm -hmm. right? We have lots of competing priorities. So trying to figure out a sustainable solution that works in your unique lifestyle and is composed of things that you like, right? Your personal preferences, things that you enjoy, things that you like to eat, uh, movement that you like to do. So I think that that's a big piece of it for many people too. Yeah. And I think some of it is this idea of it's easy to explain too. Does that make sense? Right? Like I do this. Like we feel this need to put ourselves in a category. I eat keto. I do Weight Watchers. I eat paleo. I'm a vegan, but, but, but rather Mm -hmm. than, yeah, I don't know. It feels like this has been like a cultural thing where we need to put ourselves into these boxes. Like I'm a CrossFitter. I'm a triathlete. I'm a runner. I'm a bodybuilder. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I think that we find comfort in that. Like we can associate with that. Like you're a group. That group. Right. right, That group, right? Or those people or my people or my community. Yes. Yeah, I think it can be a little bit scary, yeah, for some of us to step away from that and be like, well, what do I really want? What Mm -hmm. do I really, what's important to me? And what's going to work long term? Um, But I I agree 100% that I think there's got to be something human nature behind that piece of it, or we've just been conditioned in in the diet culture we live in, right? Or the world we live in, the culture we live in, you know, with everything being sort of at our fingertips too. Yes, definitely. Having access to lots of different things. You can see what everybody's doing all the time, you know? So that can can also be a piece of the puzzle for sure. I agree a hundred percent. You're saying, and I know I've seen this a lot too, most women coming to you have kind of like ping-ponged off the diets, right? I always say like the diet roller coaster, we're on it, we're off it. Yep. I think a big part of what brings people back to them, either to the same diet or to a different diet, and I think this is hard for people to like wrap their minds around, and I see it all the time. I see this specifically. This is funny. Actually, I shouldn't say specifically. I think it really does happen with lots of different diets. I'm going to pick on Weight Watchers though. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick on Weight Watchers just because I have had a lot of people who've said, I got to go back to Weight Watchers. It works for me. Mm -hmm. But why would you have to keep going back to it if it works for you, right? I think that's the mentality we need to switch. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We need to stop thinking that because something worked short term – that it's something we did wrong, right? Because then we think like, oh, it worked for me. I just didn't stick to it. Rather than saying, wait, why didn't why I didn't stick work? to yes. it? Yeah. Why can't I stick to this long-term? Why have I stopped and started this diet three different times, four different times? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that that's a very valid point. Again, that I think switching that mentality of like going back to something that worked for you short term, whatever like length of time that is for you. Maybe it was a year, maybe it was six months. And I've worked with plenty of clients that have said, you know, 
I just need to go back to Weight Watchers. You know, I just need to go back to that to like to reboot sort of my wellness, right? you know, to kind of get back into it. And I agree. I think that is a sign that that's not the solution for you. Right. But that didn't work long term. And if you're looking for something that's going to work long term, then I think that's a different conversation to have because I don't think anyone can follow Weight Watchers for the rest of their life. Right. Right. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think someone can do that forever. They can do it maybe for a year or two. But then what happens after that? You're not given the tools to navigate that space. Even a year or two, like tracking your food every day. Yeah, I think that's the part yeah. that it's like you have to think about what the diet is consistent of. Okay, so let's say it's um, let's switch gears so it doesn't sound like we're just picking on Weight Watchers, <laughs> but let's right? say yeah. keto. Right? <laughs> I, again, I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah, can you for a year or two, or can you, or should I say, do you really want to? You want to. Do you really yeah. want to? eat under 20 grams of carbs for the rest of your life. How is that going to fit for you when the holidays come around, when you have birthdays, when you go on vacations, when you go out to celebrate a nice dinner? Can you? And if the answer is like, oh, God, no, then it's not going to work for you long term. Yeah. And I think a lot of us don't want to answer that question. We just want something that we can be on and follow something that we talked about before that has a protocol, right? We don't want to look that far ahead. Yeah. Versus a process, right? I talk a lot with my clients about this. It's, um, you know, working with me is they're learning to trust the process Mm -hmm. because it's not a protocol, right? It's different for everybody. It's different for each client, right? How we sort of move through the material that I work with clients with is more of a process versus a protocol versus, you know, like Weight Watchers is a protocol, like, right. or even Noom, right? I don't know why we didn't pick on Noom. Um, right? Like, oh, right. I don't know that much about Noom, yeah. to be honest. Well, Noom is very much like a, can be a slippery slope for a lot of people because it does like green, green foods, yellow foods, red foods. So you're associating oh, that it. good and bad, you know, with oh, food too. Right, so right. that again becomes like moral judgment with food, which is another big thing that clients come to me when they're first starting with me saying, talking mm. about like good versus bad, which again, that goes into that all or nothing mindset, right? Right. That diet mentality of like, oh, that's good. So I can eat it, but this is bad. So I can't. Right. Versus it's all just food. And, you know, working with me is trying to figure out what food you enjoy. Number one, what food you actually like and satisfy you. And how we can incorporate those foods in a mindful way, right? right. Making the middle choice yep. versus that extreme all or nothing. Right. So it's really working on ditching that very black and white mentality, the all or nothing, um, and really trying to make that middle choice with foods that satisfy you, that make you feel good, yes. right? They're not necessarily good or bad, but they make you feel good. Yeah. Because I think when given the opportunity, I think a lot of people are scared to eat in a mindful, moderate way versus a diet way um, because Mm -hmm. they think given the opportunity, they're just going to eat foods that will make them gain weight or, you know, are just, you know, not necessarily foods that are healthy, whatever that means. Do you think the all or nothing diet mentality has uh, something to do with just personal trust? 
Yeah, I've definitely found that with lots of my clients is that there is a trust issue within themselves that they're not able to trust themselves around Mm -hmm. certain foods, that they feel like they can't be around certain foods, right? Or they can't have it in the house, right? Which is, you know, I think like a a 1.0, like just not buying certain foods. That's like a 1.0, I think, approach versus Mm -hmm. having the food in the house and knowing you can eat it, but choosing to do so in a mindful, moderate way is a different story. That way, those foods don't have power, you know, over you anymore. And there's not all that mental aerobics that you're doing anymore, like back and forth. Oh, this is so bad, but I'm going to eat it anyways. Right. So yeah, ditching that really like very black and white mentality around food, which can take practice. And that's really what I talk about clients with too, is like taking the opportunity to practice these skills versus just saying, oh, well, I've had three cookies, so I'm going to just go off my diet, you know? Right. Which is that all or nothing mindset. Yeah. I always remind my clients, because this conversation obviously comes up a lot when it comes to the holidays Mm -hmm. and even seasonally, right? With the summertime Mm -hmm. is like, listen, three cookies are not going to ruin all of your hard work and progress, right? right? Like you just said. However, a box or three days of binging on cookies, then yeah, Yeah. of course, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I know something I work on with my clients because we're very much on the same page with this is just this idea of like, okay, you had a dessert or you had, you know, meal that you indulged in. I'm doing like the air quotes because again, I don't like to look at things as like good or bad. Exactly. Yes. But then the next meal is just back to what you would normally have, right? It's back to your like healthy breakfast or it's back to your, we're just getting right back on. There's nothing that dessert or whatever it is does not have to change the way you eat the rest of the day, right? Like as long as you just follow it back up with your water and the way you normally eat and just stay on track and know that one dessert, one cookie, one, you know, burger, pizza, whatever it is, is not going to ruin your results. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. It is. I think it's very hard because I think people – I think we're accustomed to thinking because, again, we live in such a diet culture that that is going to ruin you, right? Right. Having those cookies or that burger or that pizza is going to ruin everything you've worked for, right? And that it's going to just, you're just going to say like, what the hell with it? You know, I'm going to just, you know, eat poorly in quotations, I should say, the rest of the week because, oh, Mm -hmm. I've just messed everything up with one meal. If we learn from that experience, maybe we did have an episode where we did overindulge, which happens, right? And I think that's the other freeing thing is when talking to clients is like, I don't promise that you're never going to overindulge in something again. That's unrealistic, right? So I think when you approach it in that way of saying, yeah, there may be an opportunity or a situation that happens where you do have too many cookies and you don't feel good, right? Like physically don't feel well. I know that I have that happen still, right? I'm not perfect. Those episodes for me happen so few and far between though now. Right. It's just taken years and years and years and years of practice to get to that point. And I think that that's the hard thing because we want instant results, right? We want to do something for two weeks or three weeks or a month even and see changes, whatever those changes are that you're wanting. But in reality, it doesn't work that way, right? And you know that, (laughs) working with your clients. Yeah, it's funny. When you were saying that, I was thinking 
And I know I specifically remember this shift for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be the same way, right? For years, I would tell myself, I'm not going to have the desserts. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep my hands off the cookies and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then it would spiral. And the reason it would spiral for me looking back is it wasn't that I had a sweet tooth, which I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people want to blame it on, right? Like I have a sweet tooth. Once I have one cookie, that's it. There's no way I can keep my hands off. I just want more and more and more and more. But for me, what I realized, it wasn't necessarily that I had a sweet tooth and I needed more sugar. It was more that I told myself I wasn't going to have any and then I did. So then I was Mm -hmm. disappointed with myself. So instead of turning it around, I just dug my hole Mm -hmm. of disappointment deeper. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't until I started to realize that mindset that I was having, it wasn't a sweet tooth problem. (laughs) It was my attitude around the sweets. Yeah. Right. Like I was disappointed that I couldn't just freaking keep my hands off of one cookie like I said Mm -hmm. I would. So then I just dug myself deeper until I felt worse about myself. Just like a total mental. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think too, like to that same vein, when we tell ourselves we can't have anything or put something on a pedestal, right? Or say it's off limits for us, then we just want it more, right? Right. Mentally, it is a mind fuck, right? Yeah. That we play this game with ourselves and expect we're going to win, right? When we're Mm -hmm. setting ourselves up for failure every single time. Absolutely. You know, totally agree. And that is a hard, I think, line for a lot of us to move forward or move past because a lot of us have felt that way for a long time and we don't think there's Mm -hmm. another way, right? What's funny is once I started talking to my clients and I don't know how you communicate this to your clients, but once I started saying to them, like, listen, nothing is off limits, right? Like nothing's off limits. Let's not worry about the holidays. If you're out with friends, you want pizza, whatever, like have it. Just, you know, pay attention to how you feel when you have it. Like, do you feel great afterwards? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Just be mindful. That's what I always tell my clients. I've noticed such a shift with clients going, but I didn't even want it. Like, yeah, everybody was having dessert, but like I really wasn't in the mood for it. They almost want it less now knowing that they can have it if they want. That is a phenomenon. But Mm -hmm. it is crazy. It's so interesting to me. I'll say to clients, so did you feel like you were neglecting yourself? Like, did you feel like you were missing out? And they're like, no, I just, I really didn't feel like having the, whatever, the pie or the cake or the dessert while they were out there. Like, I really just, you know, or sometimes they're saying like, I had a bite and it was good, but it was, eh okay. And like, they're moving on. And that's the power of nothing being off limit. Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge piece of too, like having an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset, Mm. right? That there's more where that came from. It's not the last time you're going to ever have a cookie, right? right? Or have the opportunity to have a cookie versus like feeling like you have to eat all of them because you don't know when you're going to have them again. Yeah. Because like your diet's going to start again on Monday. Monday, So exactly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And that is like you said with your clients, as far as nothing's off limits and really working with them individually to, to create that foundation of, well, what is mindfulness and moderation look like around nutrition for you? Right. Like, what is that? Because I think a lot of us tend to hear those buzzwords, right? Especially I think more so now in the industry, those are popping up more and more. Right. 
But I think when left to people's own devices, they don't really know what those things are. Mm. So it's teaching clients, you know, like what are your biofeedback cues around satisfaction, hunger, cravings, energy, mood, digestion, all those things, because those all tie in to the food you're eating. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So there's definitely a process that I take, you know, um, my clients through and teaching them, what does that look like for you? How do I eat mindfully? How do I make a middle choice? What is a moderate choice? What is eating to 80% fullness? Like, what is that? You know, because most people only register starving and stuffed. Yep. For a lot of us, and there's nothing wrong with anybody if they relate to that, right? right? Because most of us have that feeling of that's all we feel is we're either really hungry or we're very stuffed. Right. So it's teaching people like how to navigate that middle space too and what that feels like. And again, I say this all the time to my clients, it just takes practice and it does take time Totally, to be in that space where you like almost eating becomes more automated, where you're not spending all the mental energy of a diet, right? Because there's so much mental energy we spend when we're dieting, whether it's counting calories or trying to follow this food protocol or food list or shopping or trying to deprive ourselves of certain things because it's not on the list. So there's a lot of mental energy we spend when we're dieting. So um, the approach I take with my clients, and it sounds similar to what you do with yours too, Nina, is that we're taking away all that mental space, that um, the mental load that we have, that we use for food, for other important things like family or another hobby. I have a client that she's like, yeah, I'm going to take up learning how to play guitar now because I can actually, I have time now because I'm not obsessing about food anymore. I recently did a podcast episode with uh, a woman. Amazing. She's like an ultra runner. She actually said to me that she eats the same thing almost every single day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just out of consistency Mm -hmm. to free that mental energy up for her. So that she mm-hmm. can make time and have mental energy left over for these long endurance runs. And I was like, for sure. wow, like I never really thought about that. But yes, that thought of what's for dinner, what's for breakfast, what am I going to have mm-hmm. a snack, what's allowed, what's not allowed, can I, shouldn't I, carbs, fats, but, but, but. Mm-hmm. It takes up so much energy that if you're using up all that energy throughout the day, then it's no wonder by the time dinner comes, you're like, and let's order Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Or let's eat the box of cookies because I just don't even want to think about it. I just want to relax with food. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Christine, I think that's a great segue into let's talk about what are your like top few tips for your clients who are trying to, you know, ditch this all or nothing mindset get sustainable, learn how to eat moderately? What are your big suggestions? Well, I think that's a great question. And I'm happy to answer that. There's, I think, lots of different ways that we can approach this. But I'm going to give you, like you said, like top three or four things that people that are listening can just take with them and start using and implementing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I think number one is setting realistic expectations for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't really take an inventory of your lifestyle, what you're doing, your commitments, things that you have going on in your life, if you're not doing that first, then I think you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Set realistic expectations, I think is number one. Like, what do you actually have time and space for? Got it. Yep. I think starting simple and doing one thing. 
right? And I know that you probably do this a lot with your clients too, is that uh, clients come to us many times with like a list of things they want to change, right? Mm -hmm. Which is great. I love that that's positive that they want to have all that change. But let's number one, look at what's driving that change first. (laughs) Like, why do you want to change? But number two is starting with one thing and one very small thing. Right. Like, for example, if you're wanting to eat more greens or more vegetables, right? right? A lot of us want to do that more because that tends to be an area where we don't, um, we tend to eat more fruit more easily, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas more veggies can be a little bit more challenging for us. So I have a client maybe come to me and say, I'm going to eat, you know, a cup of veggies every day or a salad every day for the next whatever week or two. Okay. How about we actually look at that and make it much smaller? How about you eat two salads a week? Mm, Gotcha. And and see how that goes versus every single day having that salad. Right. And if you get more than two, that's great. That's wonderful. But let's start really small so you can start building wins and that momentum can move you forward versus feeling disappointed and discouraged with yourself. Right. So I think that that's a really big thing. So setting realistic expectations, doing the thing or one thing and starting small. And then this last one I think is really important too, is having self-compassion for yourself. Mm. Practicing self-compassion. I think a lot of us are very quick to um, point out the things that we're not doing well yes, or that we're um, struggling with or just can't seem to excel at or failing at in our own eyes maybe. Um, so I think really having self-compassion for where you're at in your life, what competing priorities you have, what you have mental time and actual space for is really important. And, you know, again, it may be difficult for you to practice self-compassion because if you're someone who beats yourself up a lot or tends to be a perfectionist, which a lot of people who have that all or nothing mindset, in my experience working with clients, they do have those perfectionist tendencies. Mm. So that's going to be a hard thing to really start, begin to practice self-compassion. So again, starting small with it, like really taking a look at, well, maybe you say to yourself, I didn't do all this today. Right. Instead of that, maybe looking at what did you do? What are the things you did do? Right. And shifting that mindset from, you know, beating yourself up to having more self-compassion yeah. with yourself. I think positive energy and talk, like positive words, make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to backtrack my clients when I hear them say things like, I was bad or... I didn't eat that well. It's like, you're not bad. We don't use those words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like that's important. Once we can start changing the language around food, our mindset will change. Mm -hmm. But if our language is always negative or positive, Mm -hmm. then that's exactly what our mindset is going to be. It's either going to be negative or positive. You're either doing well or you're doing awful. Mm -hmm. There's no in between. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And I think it's, you know, Those are the the main points I wanted people to take away. Yeah, for sure. I think that's super helpful. So I hope that people find those things beneficial and they can start practicing them, you know, today. And that can, you know, lead them down the path of ditching the diet mentality and that all or nothing mindset for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christine. So if people are looking for you, want to follow you, IG is the best place to find you, right? 
Yeah, I have Instagram and a Facebook page, but I would say Instagram is probably the best way to reach out to me. And I'm working on getting a website in early 2022, which I'm so excited about. Um, But that's not up and running just yet. But IG Christine Flory Wellness Coach is my handle. Awesome. I'd love to answer any questions or comments you guys have. Yeah, I'll be dropping all that stuff in the show notes. So if anybody is looking for that, I'll add that handle right into the show notes so that it will just be clickable or like you said, at Christine Flory Wellness Coach on IG or Facebook. Thank you so much, Christine, for talking with me today. Thank you, Nina. This was so much fun. I really appreciate your time. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know that this is a lot. Yeah, no, it was super fun. It was such a great opportunity. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Chetsu. Bye. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina, or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.